If you have your Bibles with you this evening, I ask you to open up with me to Psalms chapter 37. As you turn there, as you saw from the video presentation, there it, it can be, you know, storms are going to come in our life. There's going to be times of fear. There's going to be times of, of difficulty that we're going to constantly face. And, and, and your leaders, missionaries, everybody's going to be facing them similar. It's, it's interesting as we travel around and we talk to different pastors and we and talk to different people that a lot of the same struggles that we face out there, a lot of the same discouragements that we've seen, we see it here. Satan is, you know, across the board trying to get as many people discouraged, as many Christians to be ineffective as he can. But you know what? God gives us tools. God gives us interesting uh, ways of dealing with stuff. And, and one biggest thing is, is the church. They're not forsaking the assembly. They continue coming together to encourage, to provoke each other, to love, and to good works. An interesting story. Before we get into the scripture, uh, I brought up here with me my spear gun this evening. And this is not a harpoon, but a spear gun. And uh, they do a lot of spear fishing down there, among the locals especially. And this particular one is a homemade one. And I worked with some of the men in our church and made one similar to this. And usually what you do when you go out spearfishing, you have a mask, a snorkel, and fins. And you'll be swimming on top of the water. You'll dive down 15, 20, sometimes 50 feet. You'll shoot your fish. You bring it back to the surface, put it in your pontoon, and you got yourself a fish. And I'll tell you what, it is a lot of fun. <laughs> and, and some of the guys I've gone with, oh, professionals. I mean, they, 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 they can dive into the deep that I can't see. And I'm like, I can't see. my. <laughs> I don't like diving into the nothingness. But they'll go down there to dive to shoot something, bring it back up, holding their breath two, three, sometimes five minutes. And it's like, Pfft. my maximum is about a minute, minute and a half. So that's about as good as it gets for me. And uh, how this works is usually you take this, pull it back, hook it to the spear right there. That's your trigger. And when you pull that trigger, the whole spear comes out. And that's what they use for shooting the fish. And it, it is a lot of fun. Now, uh, usually this particular spear gun is a mixture between a nighttime spear gun and a daytime spear gun. Because your daytime spear gun is usually going to be a bit longer. And it has going to have a couple more of these in it. So you can really get some uh, uh, torque on it, so to speak. And so that way... Because during the day, the fish can see you coming. So you want to really get that spear out there as fast as you can because as soon as they see you, they're weary. They'll keep their distance. But uh, your nighttime spear gun is usually pretty short because when you go out spear fishing, you have a waterproof flashlight. And when you shine that light in the fish's eyes, they freeze. So you can get up pretty close and get them. <laughs> some of the biggest fish I've shot have been at night. And uh, to illustrate some of the things we'll be talking about tonight, one night when I was out nighttime spearfishing, and I tell you what, that is exciting because you've got to really rein in your fears and your wild imaginations because the only thing you can see is usually whatever your light's shining on. So if you're feeling kind of a brush, you feel you're like looking around, what was that? And, and so you just go to, you know, <clears throat> I'm a man, I can, I can handle this, you know. <laughs> Well, this particular night when I was out, we, we was about 45 minutes away from shore, hadn't caught much where, where uh, my partner and I were out, and he's about 15 minutes in front of me. We're just, you know, making our way, looking for fish. And so we're starting to make our way back to shore, and I'm looking, because usually the best place to go out spearfishing is right on the, the reef where it gets really deep, and the fish are coming up out of the deep eating or right around the corals, and so you look under the corals, try and shoot them. Why well, look behind me, and I see about a four to five foot reef shark following me. I tell you what, if I could run on water, I would have been out of there. <laughs> but I couldn't. 
And I'm about 45 minutes from shore, so I'm like, oh, no, there's a shark following me. So I start making my way into shallower water. And for about 15 minutes, I am looking back, and I see this thing following me. I'm getting nervous, and I'm getting nervous. And then it finally dawned on me, what am I doing? I have a spear gun in my hand. I can go shoot this shark and bring back the biggest fish of the night. So I turn around, I go after this shark, the shark takes off. I never see it again. And I like to use that as an illustration. Christians, how often are we just like that? Not realizing we have the tools we have right here, the, what we need right here in our hands, that we don't need to live in fear. We don't need to allow the, the sharks in our life around us to get us afraid to continue to move forward, that it, that it chases us away. Christians, we don't need to live in fear. Amen. Amen? God gives us a lot of warnings of what to expect, where to go, and what to do. And that's where I bring across the first verse tonight. Psalms chapter 37, verse 1. It says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Let's take a moment in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray in the words to say is to preach from your word tonight. I pray, Father, that each Christian here will continue to take the truths of your word and be applying it to our lives in this dark world around us. There are so many things to get us afraid and, and, and to, to scare us from being effective Christians, Father. I pray that each Christian will stay and, and, and keep their focus on you. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse number one there, that first word, the word fret. You know, that's not a word that we use very often in the English language today. But you know what a word is that we do use? Worry. Worry. Here it says, worry not, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Are you worried about what evil people are going to do? Why? Evil people are going to do evil. So what can we do about it? Worry. Oh, how is this going to happen? What's going to happen? Are we safe? Or is my hey, stop. We're not to worry about what evil people are going to do. We need to instead do like what it says in verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. We, if we sit around worrying and fretting, oh, no, what's going to happen? How's this going to work out? I thought it was neat, the, the, uh, the one seeing this special tonight. You know, she could be worried, oh, no, what's going to happen to our car? Or, or you know, hey, trusting in the Lord. God is going to be the one that's going to provide. It's so easy for us to worry about things we can't control or how things are going to happen. We need to stop worrying and trust in the Lord. Not only are we not to stop worrying, but it also goes on in the very next, the next part of that verse says, Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Not only don't worry what evil people are going to do, don't desire to be like them. Don't, I wish I had their money, their position, their house, their job. I wish I had what they had. You know, if I had what they had, I would do so much better with it. Really? No, you wouldn't. You'd be in the same hole they are. Not only we need to not worry, but don't desire the wrong. Young people here this evening, it's so easy for you. Well, I, I don't know what the future, I wish I had money, I wish I had this. Don't wish for wrong. Instead, do like what it says in verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. It's very easy for us to trust in ourselves and worry and do what we want to do. Trust in the Lord and do what he says to do. Because you know what the consequences are those who do evil? Verse 2, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. 
for the wages of sin is death. We cannot worry or envy the evil. Instead, we got to keep trusting in the Lord. And verse 3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, verily thou shalt be fed. When I talk about trusting in the Lord, it reminds me of one of my favorite passages of scriptures, which is Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. And I'm sure that's familiar to a lot of you, which says, trust in the Lord with part of your heart. Is that what it says? No, it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. We all have life experience. We all have an education of some sort. But you know, when it comes to trusting in the Lord, we cannot rely on that. We have to keep saying God works things out sometimes that's beyond our understanding. That's just like, thank you, Lord. You know, praying for a new car. Who would have thought that it would allow the car to get stolen? Amen? Or how many times we know things are working out and then, and then something happens and you're like, oh, wait, God knows. We have to keep trusting in the Lord and keep moving forward because when God works it out, it's beyond our understanding. And I like how the next part of the verse says, and in all thy ways acknowledge him. Whether we acknowledge him or not, whether we realize it or not, God is still in charge. We have to acknowledge that. We have to come to ourselves and say, hey, God is in charge. He's doing it for a reason. Trust in the Lord. Trust in him. One of the ways that I try to keep keep that fresh in my mind is say, Lord knows. God knows that he's working it out in his timing. I have to keep trusting in him. And it ends, I like how it ends there, and it says, and he shall direct thy paths. I love the fact that God wants me on the right path. He wants me to go in the right direction. He's not trying to trip me up. No, he's going to lead me in the right path. I have to make sure I'm following it, not trying to go my own way. And verse 7 concludes, it says, and be not wise in thine own eyes, Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Don't take the rain. Don't say, I know what I'm doing now. No, keep trusting in the Lord. Keep going and depart from evil. We live in an evil world. Amen? Christians, it's very easy for us to keep evil. It's very easy for us to collect evil. It's very easy for it to let it to influence our lives. Whenever you're in church, whenever you're reading your Bible, you're praying, and you're being convicted about something you shouldn't be doing, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't be looking at, be quick to get rid of it. Because if you let that sit in your life, it is going to destroy you. Satan, I I like to tell this to people, it's like, do you realize Satan wants you to fail? He wants to to kill you. He wants to destroy your life. These temptations that come to life, a lot of times it's our own flesh, but he's bringing these in our lives so that way we cannot be an an ineffective Christian. We have to keep trusting in the Lord. I, I challenge everybody here this evening to trust the Lord with all thy heart. Are you seeking the Lord's will for your life? Have you said, God, what is it that you would want me to do? I'll tell you what, when I, when I was working with my dad on the field, I had the opportunity uh, after graduating high school. My dad came to me and said, hey, I, I get you a plane ticket. You can go back to the States and attend college or get a job. What do you want to do? And I'll tell you what, that was something that, whoa, you're, you're just going to send me off and I'm going to go. And it was, it was scary. But, you know, I had seen so many that had left, and, and they just they, they, they went to discover themselves. They went to say, well, I'm going to figure out what I want to do with my life. And it's like, wait, I don't want to discover what I want to do with my life. I want to discover what God wants to do in my life because he's going to lead me in the right path. He's going to make sure I have what I need to get there. Do I see it? Do I understand? No, trusting in the Lord. 
Young people here tonight, pray specifically. Get specific answers to prayer to ask God, God, what do you want with my life? Well, what if he wants me to be a pastor? What if he wants me to be a missionary? And trust him. He will be the one to provide what you need. I'll tell you what, I still get nervous when I go from church to church and I stand up and preach. I still get nervous. But you know what? I'm doing what God wants me to do. And he provides, he works it out so I can trust in him. Back to Psalms 37. Psalms 37 verse 3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. See, God wants to provide for you. How many have a desire in your heart tonight? Come on, raise your hand. I know every single one of us got some sort of desire in our heart. Do you see that God wants to give us the desires of our heart? Right? Now, I'm not talking about some name it, claim it, some prosperity gospel garbage that you see floating around today. No, I'm talking about what the Bible says. And he says he wants to give us the desires of our heart. But first, it says, delight thyself also in the Lord. And when you think of the word delight, what does that mean? To enjoy? To find pleasure in? Do you delight in the Lord? Do you find pleasure in the same things that the Lord finds pleasure in? You know, it's so important, Christians, that our sinful flesh, our our flesh desires what's wrong. You know what? We have to tell our flesh to, shh, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to enjoy what God wants me to do. Because it's easy for us to just whatever and find something bad to enjoy. No, we have to tell ourselves, no, I'm going to enjoy coming to church. I'm going to enjoy reading my Bible. I'm going to enjoy praying. Because part of that, Christians, we have to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We have to keep coming together. And that aspect of delighting, I love that it brings across because we think, oh, I want God to provide for me. I want, I'm going to trust God that he's going to provide. Okay, are you delighting in the same things he delights in? Because as we delight in the Lord, our desires are going to become more like his desires. And just like any loving parent, our Heavenly Father wants to take care of us. He wants to provide for us. But you know what? If my son, I told my son, go clean up your room. And he looks back at me and says, stop telling me what to do. I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Can I have $5 to go hang out with my friends? (laughs) Go clean your room and we'll talk about it. How often are we like that with the Lord? God, bless me as I go do what I want to do. Wait, wait say, God, what is your will? What would you have me to do? And I'll tell you what, there's no better place to be than where God wants you to be. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way also, commit thy way into the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. You know, Christian, we have to stay committed to keep going no matter what. We have to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing our labor is not in vain. You know what, it's so easy. As I, as I look around the world around us today, the aspect of delighting and trusting in the Lord, delighting in the Lord, staying committed to the Lord. COVID was something that put, I know, some uh, the challenge on some of our people down there to ask, what is your commitment going to be? What are you going to do? Are you going to keep going? Because it's so easy for it just to, it's hard. Oh, it's easier if I just go with the crowd. Oh, it's... <laughs> I'm going to have house church today. I'm going to have church in my home today. 
heard, we, were, we saw someone walking today and, and invited him to church. He said, well, I went to church this morning in my home. And I'm like, you don't know the definition of the word church. <laughs> and and I, I bring this across because we look at the aspect of fretting and worrying and staying committed to the Lord. Christians, it is going to get harder and harder and harder as the, as the return of Jesus Christ gets closer and closer. We're going to see more and more Jesus Christ before he left his church. He said, in this world ye shall have tribulation. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. And you know what the early church's response, to, response was when they went through some difficulty? When they, when they suffered threatenings? Go with me to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter number 4. Acts chapter 4 and verse 29. It said, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. The early church was suffering threatenings. They were suffering persecution. What do you think their attitude was? What do you think they prayed for? Because I know sometimes when we're facing difficult times, we're facing difficulties in our lives, well, God, please you know, work this out. God, please you know, lessen our burden. Let, stop, you know, please, please fix this situation. But you know what their prayer was? We see here it says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. They didn't ask God, God, please remove the problem. Please remove the, the difficulties in our life. No, they said, God, please give me more boldness that I may preach your word. You know, Christians, that is something we need to continue to pray for today still. God, please help me to be more bold to share your word. Because it's easy for us to get timid, to get shy, to, oh, you know, they don't like me, therefore I'm not going to say nothing. Or, or they, could, they could do something. You know, they prayed for boldness, and God gave it to them. Amen. In the very next chapter, uh, uh, we see in chapter 5 that as they begin to go out and share Jesus Christ and, and, and declare what has happened, what they've seen the, the, in, the, in the synagogue and in the street, the religious leaders of the day said, stop. Stop preaching in the name of Jesus. You're, you're causing people to be upset. You're causing the problems. Stop preaching in the name of Jesus. And you know what their response was? Verse 29. Acts chapter 5, verse 29. Then Peter and the other apostle answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. See, they understood that the, the leaders of that day, they're not to stand against the leaders. But wait, when those leaders stand between God and I, I have to be, be willing to suffer the consequences and continue to obey God. You know what, Christians? It's going to continue getting to where it's illegal for us to say, the word of God is my authority. The word of God determines what is right and wrong. The word of God determines what is marriage. What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? It's the word of God that guides and directs us. And it's through Jesus Christ alone that we can have hope of eternal life. Amen. And you know what? Just like them, we could face being thrown into jail. You know what? They, they said we ought to obey God rather than man. And they took them and threw them into jail. Christians, what would your attitude be if you were taken because you went to pass out a track because you started telling someone about Jesus, showed up and put you in jail? You know, we're seeing some of that happening around the world. This isn't just something happened in China or India. No, we're seeing stuff happening here in the States right today. You know, I, I'm, I'm illustrated of what happened during 2020, how churches were forced to shut down, 
how, how, the, how things just, just <laughs> shocking to see how quickly things moved. But what would, there, what would your attitude be if not only were you thrown into jail, but as you were coming out of jail, they physically beat you up and said, stop preaching in the name of Jesus? What would your attitude be? We see in Acts chapter 5, verse 40, what their attitude was. It tells a little bit about it. It says, And unto them they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beat them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So not only were they thrown into jail, they were beaten up, taken out, and said, Stop preaching in the name of Jesus. Verse 41, And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. You know, it's easy for us to get discouraged. It's easy for us to get angry. But how many of us can say, thank you, Lord, that you found me worthy to be thrown into jail for you. Thank you, Lord, for finding me worthy to be beaten, physically beaten up for you. Christians, are we delighting in the Lord? Are we staying committed to Him no matter what? Tell you what, some of the things, like after COVID hit and, and some, as we saw some of the illustrations from the video, that after about four weeks, we opened back up and said, we, we got to continue to serve the Lord. We got to continue to come together. That first service we had, about half of our people came back to church, but we had some special visitors that showed up that Sunday. We had the COVID task force and the police station show up at our door telling us we are not allowed to be having services. And that was something that, that shocked me because Saipan has similar laws as, as the United States has, you know, same freedoms. And yet here they are at our door telling us we can't be having services. Yet so many other things were open and then they're like, you can't be in church. I'm like, Thankfully, we, 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 nothing major happened. We prayed with them. We told them, yeah, we're praying for the, the police. We're praying for those working in the, the hospital. It's so, your work is so important. But like the apostles, we ought to obey God rather than man. So we're going to continue having services. We'll be back here on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. You're welcome to come back. They said, okay, we'll be back. <laughs> Thankfully, between Sunday and Wednesday, though, the, the governor also declared church an essential service, and they were never back. But what it did is it challenged our people, says, are you going to stay committed to the Lord? What if you came to church tonight and there were people outside and you could go to jail? Are you going to stay committed? Are you going to keep going no matter what? Can God provide and take care of you? So easy for us to fret and to worry. And, and I, I thank God for the difficulties he brings in our lives because it helps us to grow, helps us to become closer to him. And you know what? Not only do we need to stay committed to the Lord to keep going no matter what, but we also have to stay committed to sharing the gospel. Amen? Because Christians, if we don't stay committed to sharing the gospel, who's going to do it? Our government, right? Oh, our public schools. No. Christians, Jesus Christ left his church. He left his church and said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And you know what? This is not the church. Hear me? This, this, what we're in today is not the church. Jesus Christ said he came and he died for his church. And he didn't die for no buildings. He died for people. 
So God, Christians, we have to make sure we take that responsibility upon us and say when God put, said to his church, go into all the world and preach the gospel of every creature, we must first make sure, do I know for sure that if I died today, that I'd go to heaven? If you can say, yes, I know for sure. Or you say, well, I hope so. Don't hope so. Know so. John, 1 John chapter 5, these things are written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. God doesn't want you to hope. God doesn't want you to say, well, someday I hope to, if I do enough good things, I'm going to get there. No. If you don't know if you're going, God's word says you can't know. So you better know or you might not make it. We have a track that we use down the island that says nobody gets to heaven by accident. You don't just hope you're going to get there one day and then you get there, oh, I made it. No, you're either going or you're not. There's no in between. So we have to know for sure that we are saved. And then once it comes to that next step, going to the world, we have to be willing to share that gospel. And God didn't say, pastors, make sure you're sharing the gospel. Deacons, make sure you're sharing the gospel. No, the church, every single person needs to make sure we're taking that responsibility on ourselves. Say, God, help me to have boldness to share the gospel. Men here this evening, I tell you what, Satan is working as hard as he can to destroy men, to trip, to confuse them. Because men, God has commanded us to be the leaders of the church. He's commanded us to be the leaders of our home. Because where the home goes, so goes the church. We have to be able to keep growing, keep con- uh, 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 provoking each other to love and to good works. Christians, we have to stay committed. And I love how that aspect, it says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know what? It's nice that we pass out tracts. It's nice that we invite people to church. But wait, church is not for lost people. Amen? Because the church is saved, baptized believers that come together. It says, Christians, go out. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel of every creature. And then once they get saved, bring them into the church, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then our responsibility doesn't stop there. It continues to say, and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Christians, you know what God compares new Christians to? Babies. Can a baby feed itself? Clean itself? Take care of itself? No, they're good at making messes and noises. <laughs> Amen? Baby Christians are no different. You need spiritual parents to go and bring them into church and to continue to follow up with them and say, hey, you need to be faithful. You need to, you need to read your Bible. You need, come on, let's go together. Let's do this. Let's do that. And so one day they will come to the point that once they've been saved, once they've grown in the faith, just like any parent hopes for, someday to have grandchildren. Once those kids grow to a point where they, they now leave the house, you're like, oh, thank the Lord, they're finally gone. Now you're waiting for them to bring back the grandchildren. Christians, well, the same is true with baby Christians. We hope that they will grow to a point where they will be able to reproduce themselves into somebody else. And I, I, I love this challenge to bring across Christians. We have to stay committed to sharing the gospel. A neat illustration that I like to use with the spear gun as well. One day when I was out spear fishing, I saw a school of fish come together. I thought, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if I could shoot two or three fish in one shot? So I, I waited. I was watching them. They were coming close together. I loaded up my spear gun, dove down, and shot into the school of fish. You know how many fish I got? Nothing. 
You know why I didn't get any fish? I wasn't aiming at any fish. I was shooting into the school of fish, hoping to get something. Christians, who are you aiming for? If we don't aim at anything, guess what we're going to get? Nothing. We have to stay committed. And I, I love the fact that God gives us that challenge and tells us to go into all the world. But also, did you know when Jesus Christ sent out his disciples, he never sent them out by themselves? He always sent them out two by two. So grab a fellow brother or sister in Christ. Let's say, please, come with me. Hey, let's go talk to this person. Let's go, let's go witness to this person and help. Let, let's prepare ourselves. I tell you what, when I go out spear fishing, I don't just grab my spear gun and go there. No, I make sure I got all my equipment. I make sure I got my mask and my snorkel, my, my fins, make sure my spear gun is working. I've prepared myself to go fishing so that way I can get something. Christians, we have to be preparing ourselves that we too can get someone for Christ. We have to make sure that we've got our Bibles marked. Make sure that we know how to give an answer with meekness and fear. And I tell you what, pastor would love to sit down with you if you're not sure what to say or you don't have your Bibles marked. He'd love to sit down with you and say, hey, here's what you can say. Here's what you can do. We have to stay committed to this. Because you know what? You support missionaries to take, off, take the gospel to far off distant places all over the world. But you know what? Someone like me as a missionary, who I cannot reach, I cannot reach your neighbors, your co-workers, your classmates, your children, your grandchildren. I cannot reach them. But you know who can? You can. Grab a fellow brother or sister in Christ. Say, come on, let's pray for this person. Let's, let's God help prepare ourselves so we can go and reach this person. And you know what? Just like when you go out hunting, you go out fishing. Do you catch something every single time? No. You keep going until you do. You know, looking to reach people, someone for Christ is no different. Christians, look to reach one person for Christ this next year. Look to reach one person and spend the time, spend the money, spend your life invested into this person. So that way your hope is that they will grow to a point where then they can take, start taking care of themselves. They can start feeding themselves. They can start dressing themselves, keeping themselves clean. So that way then you two could go and reach somebody else yet again. Christians, we have to stay committed to that. It's nice that we, we look around, but you know, Christian, we have, this, that's simply put, who are you aiming for? Look to reach one person for Christ this next year. We looked at don't fret, instead trust in the Lord. Delight in the Lord, stay committed to the Lord. Psalms 37 and verse 7 says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of it. Prospereth in his way, because the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. I love here how we see God has an answer for the stresses, for the difficulties, for the, the anxiety that we face in this world around us. It says we can rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Did you know the word patient is not the same as the word wait? Here it says wait patiently. They can't be the same word. I love how they say, well, I'm being patient. Man, I'm very beat my horn if they don't hurry up and go. <laughs> no, you're not. The word patient means to wait 
without complaining, to wait without murmuring, to wait trusting in the Lord, knowing that God and his timing is working it out. I love how this continues on and how we started off and you saw the video and you, you see the difficulties that God brings across in our lives. James chapter number one, go there with me. James chapter number one. James chapter 1 and verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. Do you find it joyful when you face difficult times? <laughs> I know I don't at times. But here next verse it says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. When it comes to the difficulties and the trials that we face, God wants us to face them with patience. God allows those difficult times to come in our life so that way we can grow, Christians. Amen? We understand that in order to get muscle, to get this physical body stronger, we can't be sitting on the couch watching TV and drinking soda all day. Amen? We understand that no muscles are going to grow that way. <laughs> we got we to gotta go through some pain and sweat and difficulties, stressing up our muscles, right? Hey, we need to also make sure we're applying that same principle to our spiritual muscles. Amen. That it's going to take difficult times to come in our life. And I tell you what, Christians, we have to make sure we don't have that, 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 the wrong attitude towards patience. Because I'm sure just about every one of you have heard this saying, don't pray for patience. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> we understand that inside, but, you know, Christians, we can't have that attitude. God wants us to grow. In order for us to grow, to become stronger, to help our faith to grow, we got to stress difficult times come in our life. And I tell you what, one of, one of the things that was a big faith-growing experience in my wife and I's life was the birth of our third child, Abigail. See, when she was born, she was born three weeks early. And they, after, after my wife went through the C-section, they took her, they rushed her to the, the NICU, and they came back and said, her lungs are underdeveloped. She cannot breathe on her own. And being in a third world country, being on the other side of the world, it was a real possibility that she could die. And it was something that it struck my wife and I's heart saying, Lord, what's going on? And through prayer and through, through tears, we came to realize, as you know, children are a gift of the Lord. And I've seen so many get angry or bitter at the Lord. And I was like, God, how dare I get bitter or angry at you for the gift that you gave me? And in a sense, we were giving the gift back and saying, Lord, your will be done. We, we, of course, we don't want her to die, but your will be done. And as you saw, she was there for about 10 days and made a full recovery, no complications, no side effects. And it was just that faith growing, that difficult time to say, Vange, what are we going to do? Are we going to keep serving the Lord if God decides to take her back? What are we going to do? It's like, Lord, we trust you, and we're going to keep going no matter what. Amen. Patience, trusting in the Lord, continuing to move forward, allowing the difficult times to come in our life. Go with me to Romans chapter number 5. Romans chapter number 5. How is it that we can, we can continue on through the difficult times? Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
It's through Jesus Christ that we, we can stand, as it goes on in the next verse, by whom also we have access by faith unto this grace wherein we stand. And rejoice in, rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in, what's that next word? Tribulations also. So we're supposed to have patience. James brings across that difficulties and trials bring patience. And here it says we can glory in tribulations. Tell you what, that can be hard at times. But wait, it goes on. It says, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience, experience. And experience, hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is spread abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. God allows those difficult times to come in our lives, so then the next time we say, hey, wait, God took care of me before. He's going to take care of me now. Now I've got experience. Now I've got hope, knowing that God is going to continue to work, which is an, and it's, which brings across an amazing thing because the birth of our, our last, uh, last son, which was uh, Elijah, he was born nine weeks early, had the same problem, could not breathe, his lungs were underdeveloped. But you know what? At this time, I've already went through some hardships. I now have some patience. I have some experience and hope. Christians, as we face, as life continues to get more and more difficult, as we face, as Jesus Christ said, in this world, you shall have tribulations. But we can face these tribulations. We can face these trials with the right attitude. Because Jesus Christ didn't stop there. He said, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. You know what good cheer means? Happy. <laughs> we can face these trials and difficulties that come in our life. And as things get harder and harder before Jesus comes, we can face it with the right attitude. Amen? Amen. How are you doing this evening, Christians? It's going to be hard to share the gospel. But I challenge you, who are you aiming for? Prepare yourself. Be aiming for one person this next year. And, each, and if each one of us took that challenge upon us and said, God, help me to reach one person this next year. And invest this next year. Continue to help that person to grow closer and closer to the Lord. Wow. What we could do for the Lord. I'm not saying, look, hoping to reach a whole neighborhood. No, two or three. No, you, each individual, grab another brother or sister in Christ and say, God, give me one person this next year that I can reproduce myself in somebody else, that I can bring one person to you. Amen? With heads bowed and eyes closed this evening, is there something that you've been worried about? Is there something you're fretting about? Is there... Trust in the Lord and do good. How's your delighting this evening, Christians? Are you staying committed to Him? Are you resting in the Lord and waiting patiently? Stay committed, Christians, and stay committed to sharing the gospel. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. Help us, Father, not to become complacent in our day-to-day -day lives. Father, as times are hard and difficulties, help us to remember that they're there to help us to grow stronger and closer to You. Father, I pray for this church not to quit. Because, Father, our main responsibility is to make sure we're, we're staying close to you and reproducing ourselves, sharing the gospel. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.